Hello, this is Roger Williams, and I'm from Intelligent Linking, and I'm introducing this podcast from Belonging Pioneers, either part one or part two, depending on which one you're listening to, where I discuss the issues of privilege with Kami and Ishreen from Belonging Pioneers. And particularly, we're looking at some research that I recently conducted along with Belonging Pioneers and the analysis and results that we recently shared at a major event in London. At the outset of this research, we talked about a concept called the privilege eruption, which at the beginning we were thinking describes the reaction that people have to the use of privilege and the way in which organizations deal with or can handle or mitigate the damage that privilege could cause. But as this research progressed, we began to think that the privilege eruption is almost like any other form of natural eruption. It's something that happens in an unexpected way and can cause incredible amounts of damage. This particularly resonated with me when conducting the research and finding that, for instance, for a lot of organizations, the unexpected or the inappropriate use of privilege acts almost like a hidden ticking time bomb that could go off at any point and cause problems and issues for that organization and for the individuals involved. So please enjoy the upcoming conversation. And if you've got any questions about the work that we've conducted, the research, or any other queries, then please contact us in the normal way. Uh, with that said, enjoy the upcoming podcast. If you are a regular or new listener, please do think about subscribing to our podcast so you can be notified of future episode releases. And of course, it helps with our ranking and rankings help us with increasing visibility for our messages. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you next week. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption Podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, Founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. How I'm using behaviors with my clients at the moment is actually not hierarchical. It's, it's say, so the whole organization's involved in working out the values. Um, and then once you've got the values at an organizational level, and, and the behaviors, we're now taking that to each department, to each individual and having conversations about, well, you know, for our department, how do these behaviors show up? What's relevant about it to us? And it's, it's a top-down, bottom-up approach, which seems to be working so far. And, and I think that that's great for the organizations that benefit 
from your engagement. I just think that the problem with that I see with value statements is is that the statements are made quite often, but the change is not the the the. There's yeah, a, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have thought, wouldn't you, that a basic <laughs> value would be not to kit not to rape and murder citizens would be a basic value of being in the police. But it's it seems apparently that that value didn't get through to everybody. Well, us. the culture the culture there has many challenges, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we know a lot of people who are working in the EDI space um, with the police, and I'm kind of sat here thinking, well, what are they doing? Um, yeah. Very high profile people, right? People I respect. Part of the problem, though, is that it's politi- so politicized now that nobody wants to talk about, for example, institutional racism in those public bodies. And this, yeah, that is no. exactly the conversation they need to be having so that they can break down and bring awareness to some of those yeah. issues. Well, well, Cammy, you know, I invited one of my valued contacts who works in this space to come on our podcast, but he couldn't. He had yeah, to dec- exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's creating so, barriers within barriers again. And it's back to what we said a little bit earlier, which is that it takes one person with conscience and courage and courage to call it out and to yeah. really put the truth out um, there. You know, I, I actually think, though, that's also part of the decision to be, to have the courage goes beyond Okay, now let me let me dial it back a little bit because because I I really think this 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 aspect of having courage to speak up also relies on knowing whether I'm going to be backed up or not be backed up and am I willing to take the risk of not being backed up by my organisation because if you don't have a, a speak up culture in your organisation you've got a, a longer bridge a, a yeah. higher mountain yeah you know, to get to get yeah. past. Back to your favorite topic of psychological safety, right, Cammy? It comes back to it. it. You know, whether you call it psychological safety or not, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether as an individual I see or experience wrongdoing. I know it's wrong intuitively. Yeah. yeah. Do I have a voice to speak up about it? And am I willing to take the risk of speaking up? Because actually, you know what? Yeah. Um, will will I be picked up? Will do I have a support network? Will the organization protect me? Do I have leaders in my organization yeah. that will listen to what I've got to say? Because actually, you know, um, if I don't, then why why would I? Why bother? Yeah. And Roger, I think where I where where I agree with you and where it doesn't work is where the leadership says this is something for the juniors and the middle managers to be trained in, but they don't let themselves get transformed. Yeah. And that's the issue with the police is that, you know, there might be lots of good work going on at the lower levels, but the, you know, when you know the leadership's going to let you get away with it, of course you're going to get away with it. report years ago, um, and you may may recall it. So the, the NHS... St. Francis report um, following the Mid-Staffordshire trust issues crisis that occurred. And the report talked about the early sort of thinking around psychological safety. And there's a lot of thinking around this from years ago, but this report really drew out 
how within the NHS environment and particularly how power and privilege shows up within, say, the surgical room where the doctor holds the power and the privilege, that the nurses don't question the doctor's authority, including when they're making the wrong decisions that impact patient safety, you know. And and a lot of work in the NHS has has taken place around, um, you know, freedom to speak up guardians, um, to training um, uh, for for nurses and, you know, to to be able to develop their confidence to speak up, to be able to sort of instill that environment where actually doctors can be challenged when they're making the wrong decision um, and people shouldn't feel that they can't challenge them. Still a long way to go because we know that it's still those power plays still exist. And, and you can take that those examples into the workplace as well, because, you know, with power, uh, with authority comes power. And, you know, if you're if you're working with somebody quite junior to you in, in terms of the grading structures within your organization, then really do they feel they're empowered to speak up against a leader in an organization? You know, it, it it shows up in so many different ways, doesn't it? That that sort of privilege and that power struggle and so on. Yes. So, Roger, we've we've blasted you with all our passion on this subject. We should give you a chance to speak back. I, I, no, I'm I'm listening with um, with real interest. Um, and I, I, I'm, I've got a sort of an, a question. It's sort of a rhetorical question, but uh, it, it's. It, Something it goes something like this: Are we, um, are we today, really intensely seeing a massive upsurge in the all of the wrong behaviours, or are we actually, as a society, now more sensitive and aware of these bad behaviours? And now this is all when they come to the surface, we're beginning to see them and get them reported and people are being exposed and challenged on them. So mm-hmm. I, I was just wondering whether if somebody said the police are institutionally racist and misogynistic, if that had come out in 1962, would it have made the headlines? <laughs> it, it probably, they probably would have needed a require, required a translation of what the word misogynistic meant and uh, and also what racist towards who exactly let's be absolutely clear <laughs> and um and we and probably society would not be outraged by such a headline back in in the 1960s or the early 1970s is, well, is, are, yeah. are, we're seeing these reports now because i think that Social conscience is growing as a as a factor across ev- across everyone and the press. God love them, hate them, whatever you think. But the press will always publish something that's going to get pop- be popular and be read and be picked up. And therefore, the press are covering stories about social conscience issues. So maybe we are going through a bit of a transition point. And, and no. back to something that somebody said earlier. Sorry, I'm just just quickly. Um, I think COVID and lockdown has had a huge amount to do with this because yeah. mm. what we've had is a period of contemplation mm. to recognise how much we depend on society, and 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 that, for instance, the relationships that we have with people. How actually, when those are taken away. That's the most important. Then it becomes clearly the most important thing in your life, 
is your ability to interact with other people and get on with other people and work things out with other people and relate to other people. So we've had that period of abstinence. We've had that period of contemplation. And is it a coincidence now that what's following on is an eruption of Mm. conversations around social conscience, around psychological safety, around privilege, around these different aspects where people are getting really, really challenged. And maybe it's an inflection point, you know, the point at which we're making that change forward to a fresher and better society. Let's be optimistic about it. I think so. I think, I think, and I hope so, certainly, because, you know, the way we're all responding now is so different from when the same recommendations that were made in the recent report were made 10 years ago for around the Stephen Lawrence case, Mm -hmm. right? But nothing happened. And the reaction was very different as well. So so I'm really trusting that the reaction now will lead to some kind of sustainable change. That's Mm -hmm. my first thought. My second thought is you know, this ticking time bomb that you speak about, Roger, it's shown up in politics, it's shown up in the services, in the police and the National Health Service and so forth. And my assertion is there is a lot of this going on in organisations that it just hasn't shown up yet because people don't have the same level of scrutiny and it's on its way. So organizations, like you say, Roger, really have to take this privilege eruption seriously if they're not going to have the ticking time bomb explode on them. Um, 100%. I'm in the middle of all of that. I think we're absolutely, there's conscious awareness and a rising conscious around all of this, and hence we're seeing more and more of it in the media. Um, and there's more question and challenge because it's enabled by social media. Um, I think we're going through the painful part of the being socially aware and yeah. being conscious about it. So as a society, we are experiencing the pain of that. Um, and I don't mean the physical pain of it. I think it's the pain that comes from being becoming more aware of our own role within these structural issues that exist, that maintain those systems of privilege, that maintain those systems of power. Um, and we do have a role to play in it. We all play a role. And I think that's the point is that by becoming aware of it, we experience the pain that goes with it and we have to come out the other side of it. And that takes time and effort. Yeah. And, and we have to then make a decision whether we go with it or not. Yeah. I, 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 there's two words and they sound the same. And it's conscious. In other words, consciously think about these issues at key points and key moments. Be absolutely conscious and aware of, of what you're saying and who you're saying it to and why you're saying it and how it's working. And then there's the second word which is conscience. Mm. And if you can actually if you can actually develop and grow a social conscience, you can forget about the conscious bit because you'll be a different person, you'll think differently in the outset. Yeah. And you'll be a lot more comfortable 
if you develop a social conscience than somebody who's constantly trying to consciously avoid the landmines of, of their conversations. Nice. Beautifully said. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.